Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fratello Talks, the weekly podcast where we skip the intro and cut right to the chase. Right, today we're here to discuss um, a topic that Lex, who is here on my right, is going to uh, tell us a little bit more about. And I'm, we're also joined by... Dan. Yes. Um, do you want to introduce the topic right away, Lex, or should we do a, a little bit of a wrist check first? I think we should do the wrist check. Yes? Okay, yeah. perfect. We'll go right ahead, leading right into it. Uh, I'm wearing my moon swatch. It's the uh, Mission to uh, On Earth uh, edition on a rubber strap. Fantastic. Yeah. Looks great. Yeah, thanks. I like it. And uh, Dan? Yeah, I'm wearing something on the other spectrum, I guess. I'm wearing a... Uh, Patek Philippe 5065, A1, I think. It's not mine. The Arcanaut. Yes, I'm just spending uh, spending one week with it. uh, And I'm enjoying it quite a lot. uh, How is that? It's it's good. The the strap, it comes uh, on the rubber green strap. It's a bit too, uh, too tight for me. So it leaves uh, its marks on Mm. my, uh, on my wrists, but, um, but still. It's very enjoyable. I, I yeah. You have no Unlike feeling you. in your left hand, but you, exactly. you're, you're still enjoying. <laughs> but uh, I enjoy the view. Yeah, the things, <laughs> don't, the things you, we do. You don't mind the uh, uh, hand grenade kind of look of the both the dial and the and the strap. Well, the strap looks more like a yeah chocolate bar or something, and oh. yeah, I think the I think green and chocolate. I think the the dial yeah it does look like a. A globe or a hand grenade, but um, it's kind of messy. It's a kind of a messy watch, and that's what I like about it. It all uh, comes together beauty. nicely. Exactly. Mm. What are you wearing? Yes, I'm, I, I feel a bit monotonous because this is the watch I wore last time I was on the uh, on the podcast. But I'm wearing my uh, Omega Seamaster uh, 2254. Um, yeah, with the sword hands, black dial, black wave dial, and uh, yeah, kind of still honeymooning with this one and uh, really enjoying it. So. It's your birthday uh, gift, right? Yeah, my, my birthday gift to myself. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't think that it's coming off the wrist anytime soon. I'm just, uh, you know, super happy with it. And uh, there's no no reason. I can't find any reason to wear any other watch other than this. So it's, uh, yeah, it's here to stay, it looks like. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. Okay, perfect. Well, I think, Lex, you're going yeah. to give us a bit of context uh, to today's discussion, which is essentially about uh, brands, uh, luxury brands, uh, selling their own uh, their own stock in some way. Their old stock, or their, yes. no, their, I should say their restored stock. Yeah, well, the, 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 um, the, this, the discussion comes from my visit to the Gégère Le Coultre Manufacture last week in Le Sentier, and uh, where they presented a thing called The Collectibles. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 17 watches they uh, bought back, I should say, and restored them. And mm-hmm. they also made a book out of it, a 500-plus mm-hmm. page book about the 17 watches they restored meticulously. And 12 of them they uh, they will sell. And a couple have already been sold. And what we were looking at was a 1933 Reverso in a, with a rare blue, no, it was a rare red, no, it was a red dial. There was a blue one they kept themselves. Hmm. Um, there was a triple calendar from the 40s. There was uh, quite a few Memovox models. Right. Um, that was quite interesting. Polaris Memovox from 68. Stuff from the 70s that looked uh, quite special. Um, 
I might be forgetting something, but uh, that was it. And the right. uh, and, and it, it took uh, there was a project that uh, that took two years. <clears throat> They're very happy with it. They all they already have a choir. There was ten people working mm-hmm. in their um, restoration department. Uh, ten workmakers. I've been there before with a Dutch actor who has mm-hmm. a memo vox. So he had it restored, and we uh, went there to pick it up. So that was what they were basically doing. And what they're they're going to be put to work a little bit more, I guess, by um, because this first collection of seventeen watches. So there's a you could say there's almost like a capsule collection in there mm-hmm. of uh, Memovox uh, things, and I think they're going to continue this. So they will still scavenge the earth for old, <laughs> important or beautiful or whatever Jeje uh, Lecoultre models. Uh, buy them meticulously restore them and then sell them um so that's what they did and they uh made quite a i should say fuss about it Mm -hmm. but they're of course they're not the only ones doing it and we were uh uh, talking before we like in the pre-talk we were talking why would they be doing that what's the what's the purpose are they going to make big 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 money out of it is it a marketing operation? Is it for the pure love of watches? <laughs> I don't know. That that's that that's a little bit of the thing because also uh, Vachon has been doing it. Right. There's also Longines. You can go to the uh, Longines website and you find uh, something that it's in the collector's corner, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, no. I know uh, Cartier is also offering uh, restored mm-hmm. pieces in their own shops. Yeah. Okay. Um, and of course, uh, the, the, the Rolex uh, pre-owned program, that is, uh, but that's not a direct thing from Rolex. That goes through, I think, initially Bulgarer and then also other dealers. Yeah. <clears throat> and in the category of future classic uh, haute horlogerie, that means something to this world. There's also Uwerwerk and BNF mm-hmm. that sell refurbished or I would say secondhand right. uh, stuff. Okay. So, um, but does Rolex refurbish the watches uh, for the pre-owned uh, yeah, certified? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. They, they guarantee them or authenticate them, etc., etc., etc. So I heard somebody say that um, it takes all the fun out of finding a vintage watch. Yes, we did. That was our that. <laughs> uh, colleague Thomas, who's not here right now, but uh, yeah, yeah, he said basically that um, buying a vintage watch. You do that for the hunt as well. Yeah. You do that because you uh, enjoy looking for parts. Mm-hmm. You yeah. enjoy looking for the right um, references yeah. for yeah. the period correct uh, bracelet, for example. And um, yeah, the fact that brands are now buying their own watches and restoring them themselves with maybe even uh, reproduced parts. And um, uh, yeah, almost takes all the fun away from uh, from yeah. the hunt because uh, yeah you get a complete package yeah um, a and, sort of um, a vintage for dummies kind of thing exactly right? a very easy way to get into it a very safe very uh, with warranty i mean it's mm-hmm. yeah yeah i get that but the, it's it's also interesting i this is also aimed um at um because of what I bought, as I as I understood it from Gigere, they they also have a connection to their customers, to their mm. close customers, the 
the collectioneur, the, the, the man or woman who already has everything and now mm. wants a little bit more. So they offer these completely restored, refined, and as you say, they can, they can remake old parts, mm. which is also kind of interesting because I saw that in a, during the manufacture visit. They have like wooden mock-ups or wo wooden models mm -hmm. This is how they would make tools. First, they make a, a model out of wood and to see how it would work because there was no cat cam and everything. And then they would make the tool uh, in the right uh, metal. Mm. So they, what I like about it is if, if, if there's a wheel broken and it is a very specific wheel, they can go into their archive, get the, 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 the stuff out and remake it. So in a way, to me, that is still... Period correct. Um, at least, at least it's a manufacturer <clears throat> correct, right? It's, it's exactly been made by yeah. JLC. It's been yeah. it's been uh, done yeah. in the way that it would have been done way yeah. back when, and and at least it's yeah. Maybe it's not period correct, but it but it's correct. I mean, it's it's yeah. To me, that's that's that is, yeah. that's that is as correct as it's yeah. ever going to be. Yeah. But it also will come at a uh, at a premium, of course, right. because. Um, I was looking at this 1970s Memovox, uh, the mm. Speedbeat GT, very funky uh, little thing. And um, I have to say this from the top of my head, but the uh, one in the that is for sale through Gégère now mm -hmm. is, I think it's 15,000 plus. I think right. 16 something. Um, but I also found one in South Africa, in Joburg, <clears throat> right. And um, I think that was uh, two and a half. Okay. But the thing is, of course, you can't compare them. And yeah. to be honest, if you, our friend Thomas might really like that, uh, that two and a half thousand uh, South African thingy that maybe doesn't run or doesn't work properly, yeah. you would have it, you're going to service it anyway. If you want your watch running, yeah. Then what are you going to do? You're going to yeah. have the local watchmaker have a look at it, or are you going? You can also send it to Jeger, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I don't know what it's going to want to cost you, but um, yeah, probably not the difference between two thousand and, and fifteen thousand. But I mean, still, yeah. at least they would treat it with the same respect that yeah. they would one of these watches out of their exactly. own uh, yeah. out of their own stock, <clears throat> basically. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, 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 <clears throat> it's a fair question. So who is it for? I think it's for um, people who don't spend their evenings hunting the interweb for um, special watches. I think this yeah. is for a clientele that is already with the brand who are 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 uh, uh, you know, affluent enough to uh, you know just oh that's yeah. a nice uh, 1968 Polaris. Yeah, and they just. They just For wanted to work. Seven thousand yeah. euros. I think. Wanted. I think one one good way to look at it um, is is to think about it when it comes to sort of vintage cars as well, right? I mean, yeah. a vintage car will require a certain amount of upkeep, and and you know you would like for it to be sort of restored 
to to the best of its capacity. I I, I remember visiting Porsche Design last year and, yeah. and seeing this uh, Targa that went up for auction in December, and you know it was beautifully restored. And and of course, you know you could say, well, the leather used now, the new leather is not period accurate or or whatever. But at least it's you know it's as beautiful as it ever was. It's as functional as yeah. it ever was, if not more. And and you know you can still enjoy it just the same. So I I think that there is some. It's some almost new of, old stock. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But there's some sort of like um, pragmatic uh, reality where you think, well, do I want to have this watch that, that where there's essentially irreplaceable parts inside that, you know, well, I'll have it. It's not running. I'm not going to taint this movement with uh, parts that are not uh, from a mm-hmm. watch of the era and keep it 100% original yeah. but not working. Or am I going to take the measures to to get it to work i mean that's i think that's the debate and and um you know i think that there's no better way than to send it to the original manufacturer and and have it done or you know i think that and 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 buying it directly already restored then saves you the the back and forth and the 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 stress of it all Mm -hmm. basically yeah 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 now and of course there is a a a very large marketing aspect um uh, so there's this this big book um uh there probably will be uh, another book in maybe uh, I don't know a year's time, um, um, I, but I also think that the buyers of those watches are very happy just to be in the book. You know, I have this watch sure. for the book, yeah. and what I also think that it is also a strategy to um, influence prices on auctions hmm. and maybe even justify. Uh, higher prices for new watches. I mean, right. in the end, everything is uh, is connected. So if they, if Giger by this uh, collection uh, makes them more desirable, that will also reflect in uh, sales, probably new for, for on the new watches, and mm. and then the prices of new watches, and then this yeah. hark, harks back to a, a topic we had about uh, Giger Le Coutre's. Yeah. Uh, uh, rising in prices, uh, well, uh, well, that maybe they already uh, took an advantage. <laughs> they they already measured the uh, the influence the collectibles would have uh, on the demand for new reversos, and then they just up the yeah. prices a little bit. That's a fair point. Um, I think that we should perhaps also touch upon our our own personal experience with having watches serviced, and perhaps with with even with buying um, uh, vintage watches. I mean, um, I think I think perhaps. Dan and I, if I'm not wrong, yeah. Alex, I think Dan and I have a little bit more uh, experience in, yeah. in doing that just for from our collecting habits, I yeah. guess. Um, but yeah, Dan, what's your experience with um, purchasing vintage and and what to look out for and and you know? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if I would call my watches vintage, but at least neo vintage. Definitely, like, uh, I think my oldest <laughs> is uh, 2004. Or, uh, That's not right. Yeah, it's no. not too uh, too old, but um, yeah. I, I I also like the fact that you can bring it to any um, any <clears throat> watchmaker yeah. and yeah. Uh, that he can try or at least look at it and tell you what the state is and yeah. and and of course it's uh, more or less a gamble when you buy the watch because yeah I'm not a watchmaker I don't look inside the watch when I buy it mm. so the seller can tell me anything about its state right. and I can of course look at the values that the the time grapher is giving me but. Um, yeah, other than that, I cannot really uh, assess the state of a watch. So it's more or less of a gamble when you buy the watch, but then you bring it to yeah. a watchmaker and you, yeah, you yeah, you hear what you mm. actually bought yeah. 
And in, yeah, in the case of my Explorer, for example, it was a good buy. I knew from who I was buying and I, I kind of trusted that person. But yeah. For example, with my uh, Cartier Santos, I bought it from someone I don't know at all. And he told me the watch was in good state, that it was right. um, uh, serviced uh, recently, but um, yeah, you never know. Yeah. And I also brought it to the watchmaker when I brought my Explorer in and he said it looks fine and uh, yeah. He just regulated a little bit to uh, to make it run a little faster, and that's good. With a watch like like that, you can do that. But yeah, yeah. W- when you see a, a thirty, fifty, uh, sixty year old uh, JLC, then and you buy it, and you already see from the outside that it doesn't look that good, then um, yeah. But that that yeah. I think that's it's also something to take into consideration. I bought this King a King Sager from nineteen seventy two. So the, the, the most complicated part about it is that it's a high beat uh, movement. Right. But it's still a relatively simple watch. Yeah. Take it to, uh, well, you can you can take it to Seiko or at a Seiko yeah. uh, watchmaker, or even though a watchmaker, I think any watchmaker can do that. But yeah. the, the thing is, uh, like a Memovox, I mean, the, the, the modern Memovoxes are made in the complications workshop in the Santier. They're not made in the standard production uh, line. So that's, it's, it's a very delicate and complicated movement. Yeah. So the thing with something that becomes a little bit more uh, complicated, then it is actually nice to know that um, that it's working and yeah. that it's yeah. been serviced properly and uh, et cetera. So, so I do get... The, um, yeah, for a simple three-hander, uh, okay, uh, the the two-hand reverso from 1933, but that's just historically very important. So I, I, yeah. I get it that you also want to have that checked, and it's, but 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 especially with like like a triple calendar or or a memo vox that with that yeah. with the, the, the the alarm system and everything, it's also kind of nice to know that. They went over it. They uh, they they certified it. You have a two year guarantee. Hmm. Um, I mean, but do these pieces look like new? They do look like uh, new old stock. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do. Because that's yeah, I think the watch loses a little bit of its charm. Yeah, that, that, but I think that's also a matter of taste. To be honest, I. Uh, I I wouldn't be too bothered about it, especially because they are quite special. Yeah. Mm. So um, I think you also buy them with a with a with a different uh, mindset. Yeah. Yeah. They are bought by 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 a different audience. You know, they're not. Yeah, but they're supposed to be banged <laughs> up because they're tool watches. In the case of a 1968 uh, Polaris Memovox, well. And th- that was actually that, that you could still see that that was an uh, was a was an old uh, yeah, an old right. watch. So yeah. there was there was definitely still patina etc. But but some of them uh, the, there was uh, I don't know what was it a um, it was a um, uh, the with the the true the, the, now they have the the geophysique. There was a geophysique mm. that was actually bought and then stored in the dark. Right. <laughs> That was that looked absolutely brand new, but I think I yeah. think it also was one of the most expensive uh, watches mm. there. It was a sixty thousand uh, euro watch, but it, it looked brand spanking new. It didn't even have patina, or it so they be, didn't it, have it, to right. restore it. Right. There was there was almost nothing, nothing they had to do. Yeah, and um, and of, and of course, I also made the comparison with 
how uh, it like it's car sales 101 you you sell a, watch, uh, a car to someone he has it uh, serviced at your garage so you make money out of that yeah. after three years uh, maybe you make him an offer for uh, for another car so yeah. he trades it in yeah. so you sell him another new car and you have the old car and then you can resell the old car and yeah. it's also it's yeah it's it, it also keeps it, your customers close yeah keep yeah, yeah and it, I, I think sure. it does and it at least with the book and um i'm also quite sympathetic when it comes to Jiger. Uh, i think they deserve more um i don't know credit they did they, they, what what they've done for the for the for the for the watch industry first with supplying movements and later with they they've done some amazing watches and somehow um they're not perceived in the same way as a, as a Vachon uh, yeah. um, is uh, no, and it shows the respect they have for their own watches. Yes, yeah, yeah. and the fact that they want to keep them alive. Yeah, so uh, I can I can understand that people are a little bit skeptical. Like they're not the first to do it. They won't be the last. Um, the prices are uh, quite steep. Um, is it? A, yeah, is it just merely a marketing tool? But I also kind of feel, as you say, it also shows appreciation. It shows yeah. love. It shows dedication. So, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of who better to be the stewards of these these old watches than the brand itself, right? And then yeah. and then passing them on to their their closest, most, I guess, sort of exclusive uh, customers. I mean, it's it's anybody can buy a vintage watch, but to buy the vintage watch that the brand has selected and and almost yeah. even deemed worthy, right? Mm. I mean, it, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like in a way finding it is, something yeah. where they can really sort of check that all the T's yeah. are crossed, all the I's are dotted, and and that everything's right. I mean, that's that's. You know, there's a there's a difference in in price to pay. I mean, in my experience of buying vintage, I've always um, mostly uh, up until perhaps this Omega sacrificed um, condition and and yeah. accessories and boxes and papers yeah. and and whatnot in favor of just being able to to get the watch yeah. at a good price. And 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 in some cases. Um, Top of my mind is the the Tissot Sea Star Navigator Chronograph that I think I, I bought that watch for very little money for what the going rate is and um, and just had it restored by a watchmaker and and part of that was him not finding a correct pusher but sort of using his watchmaking abilities to to craft a, a, a solution mm -hmm. right and yeah. it wasn't the, the the correct part but he used he explained it to me back then and, and he he basically turned it into a, a working watch mm. out of a, a watch that wasn't running yeah. so you know in some way that's that's a very faithful restoration no 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 restoration on the dial or the finishing or anything but just having the a, a movement that works once again and and that can be a watch that can be worn for for many more years yeah. to come right but um, but I, but I do sort of now having experienced um, what it's like buying a watch restored by the brand. Um, I have to say it's it's quite nice to buy a, a watch from two thousand six, but feel like it's brand new. Kind it of gives it, you peace of mind. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, and and I also can't buy that watch brand new today. No, no so this no. is kind <clears throat> of no, as, that, as yeah, close exactly. as it gets. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's also real. yeah. And part of it is skipping the the potential heartache of finding out that something is very wrong with it. I mean, when I was looking at this watch, there was another option that was I, I think around a thousand euros less. Um, and you know there was no box, no papers. Mm -hmm. It was in 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 a worn but sort of honest condition, and it would have required. Um, I think it had a movement service, but it would have 
probably had to go back uh, to Omega for a for a, a service and 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 all that stuff. But yeah. you know, at, at the same time, there's something nice about also as as a watch collector and somebody who who has respect for these things uh, to have a full set yeah. with box and papers and all these things because yeah. you know that you're going to look after it, right? And 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 should it go to somebody who's just buying, um, in the case of a Rolex or or maybe a, a Nautilus or something like mm. this, buying it just because it's a, a hot ticket item and then discarding all these things. I mean, that's that's a real shame. And, and so you hope that this yeah. is, uh, you know, carefully selected watches for carefully selected customers who will be worthy stewards of these sort of historical things. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's peace of mind. Also the yeah. warranty you get, that's uh, yeah. reassuring. Yeah. yeah. Can I end uh, with a Fratello top tip? Sure. Because um, when we were at uh, Gégère, um, Mathieu, the uh, head of the, the the heritage department, said uh, that yeah, they had great fun in doing it because they're very passionate uh, watch people, and that that is really nice to see that. Yeah. that uh, Brands that are owned by uh, luxury groups are still very, very dedicated and passionate watch people. Yeah. And he said, so uh, we love doing this. So if you find anything interesting out there, let us know. Mm. But mm. I suggest you don't let them know. <laughs> you <laughs> buy that watch, you buy that watch, and then you offer it to Gégé Le Coultre and you make a decent buck out of it. So keep your eye out for special Gégé Le Coultre models and then sell them to the manufacturer. Now that's the Fratello top tip for this uh, <laughs> this Fratello talks. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so keep it in mind when, when because obviously I think our audience is much more likely to be on the side of those who uh, spend their evenings scrolling through listings. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that that's, that's the thing. It's an appreciation, a distant appreciation for something neat being done for a group of people that, you know, are out there and, and you know, must be nice to be a part of. But, you know, we, we're certainly just looking on in admiration and, and sort of, you know, giving a nod of, a nod of uh, respect to the, to the brands that... Exactly. that that you know, take the time to do this, and yeah, anything motivated by passion is a is a worthy endeavor. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Well, I think that that does it for for this week's uh, episode. Thank you, yep. guys, and uh, thank you to our listeners, and uh, tune in next week. See you then. See you then. Bye.